Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Go to 25.2% that they will make the tournament this year. Joe Lenardi and his bracketology, he's not put the official one out and the seeding and everything. He still has them in the tournament, but they are now listed first in his first four buys. So they are officially back to where they've been the past two years. On the bubble. I I don't know what the easy fix for this team is. When it's team chemistry, when it's guys liking each other, guys gelling, you have no way of understanding when that will click, if it will ever click. To me, it's they have the talent. I'm not worried about the talent. No to be question honest, I'm not worried it. about the coaching. I'm not worried about the coaching, really. I, I think I'm worried about the effort. It's all about the effort. They have got to challenge themselves individually to step up. Because when you watch that UAB game, there was a lot of standing around. There was a lot of, no, that, that, that was your assignment. A guy cuts, somebody doesn't move. Why aren't you moving? Right. Individual effort. That's where it starts. It was really disappointing to watch because all week we heard about, oh, it's the most intense, the most intense practice we've had all year. We flipped the switch. It's going to be, it's a bounce back game. I was expecting a Wichita State bounce back game. No. It was one of the worst efforts I've seen from a Tigers team in a long time. What was was bothersome about this stretch of three games, too, that I just can't I can't comprehend. These three losses are on the heels of the best second half or best half of basketball that it's they very arguably confusing. played all year. It's really and that confusing. Wichita State game scoring 112 points. Yeah. So we'll see if they can get it right. Um, but based on these last three games, it's going to take a lot of getting right to get them back to where they were in the nine. Now, we are live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, and when disasters strike in your life, make sure that you call your hometown first responder with your home, your residential property, school office. Call Service Master by Cornerstone. They're the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius, but don't just call them because they're the largest. Call them because they do their job at the highest of levels, and they take pride in doing their job at the highest of levels. They've been awarded Service Master's uh, franchise of the Year Award, meaning they're the number one service master store franchise in the United States of America. I know we had the frozen uh, conditions uh, last week, um, so make sure if you have any lingering issues, frozen pipes, bursted pipes, call Service Master by Cornerstone. They will help you with that, but it could be storm damage, could be fire and smoke damage. Uh, you could need mold remediation, no matter what the issue is. Tyler and his team are here to help you at these moments. Tyler is the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, and he's come up with a good motto. Their motto is, we don't pray for disaster, but we do pray we get called when there is one. So, again, remember that name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone, because they are the best at responding in your time of need. And because they respond so well, that's their number. That's how you get a hold of them. 901-RESPOND, 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 for my good friends. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, we have to go ahead and get to a break in these studios. And when we come back, we'll have Jeff Calkins. Jeff Calkins will join to talk everything under the sun, including what we just got done talking about in Tiger basketball's fall from guests here on the Smile Center Hotline. 
Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. Online at RedRiverToyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphian, also host of the Jeff Calkins Show, 9 to 11, right here at 92.9 FM ESPN with the Jeff Calkins Show. He's on X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how was your weekend? Well, I mean, <laughs> from the sports perspective, I think we can all say it could have been better. Yeah. You know, I think it could have been better. Um, my own personal weekend, it was, you know what I did? I, I never watched, uh, uh, what's it called? The, the Rainmaker? Is it called Rainmaker? Is that the name of the, 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 the John Grissom movie? Yep. Uh, I've n- I never had watched it. And Chris Harrington said, I should. He said, it, it's better than The Firm. He thought it was better than The Firm. These are all old. Have you seen any of them? I have not. I have not. I just see, uh, so I see my man. Ma- Connor, when you said Rainmaker, he was, he was nodding his head, yes. He nodding so, his head. So the yeah. good thing about Rainmaker is an old Grisham film. And uh, Matt Damon's in it, and um, and uh, and and it's fun because it's like the whole thing is one hundred percent. You know, it's not just fictional. It's not set in. It's not. You know, it is set in Memphis, and the story is. But then it's actually filmed in Memphis, whereas a lot of things are just filmed wherever, looking generic. So it's sort of fun. I didn't actually ever watch it. I remember now I didn't because it's about a. It's about an insurance claim with a kid who had, uh, so a guy who had dies of leukemia, and the insurance company is trying to jack him out of the money, basically, right? Like he's not covering him, and so, um, and so our young lawyer friend Matt Damon goes to bat for the guy, and I didn't ever watch it because I had leukemia at once upon a time, and I just don't, well, I don't do that, you know, I just don't do those movies. So, but having said that, I fast forwarded to those parts. Excellent movie that shows lots of interesting. Um, Lots of interesting parts about Memphis. So I focus on that because the sports scene was so damn dismal. Exactly what you wanted to uh, not happen happened in the NFL. And it's same with me. Um, Chiefs get through, and of course the 49ers get through, and we wanted Lions-Ravens. I, I, it is getting to the point, though, if you have a young upcoming up-and-coming quarterback who needs to get through to prove narratives and agendas wrong, uh, if you're in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes, that's where that's – where, uh, the the narrative stays so alive. Legacies go to die. Legacies, legacies go, go to die, to die against Patrick Mahomes. Now, I, as you know, I'm in the tank for Josh Allen. There's a big difference between, oh my goodness, Patrick Mahomes outgunned us with 13 seconds left. I was unbelievably great, but Patrick Mahomes was just a little bit better. Um, there's a difference between that and what we saw from Lamar this past yep. he was bad. Sunday. He was not. He was not good. He was not going on third down. It's like he didn't know when to run or when to throw. It was, he was like, that's the kind of, I, I, I've always thought a lot of the criticism of Josh was unfounded. Um, do you realize in the playoffs, one of the absolute best interception records of any playoff quarterback who's ever played doesn't throw a picture of the playoff. Josh doesn't anyway, but um, like, that's the kind of, stinker that Lamar put up that will stick with you a little, you know, and, um, and in some ways it's unfair to be judged on just that moment, right? That one moment, that one game, but in the end, that's what quarterbacks are, you know, are judged on. They're judged. Yep. How do you play in the playoffs? 
and Lamar has not played well. He plays demonstrably worse in the playoffs than he does in the regular season, and it's going to look so hollow to be accepting that MVP award um, at the end of you know where a season where he was you know where 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 it unfolded the way it did. No, I, 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 again, I'm not trying to insulate Lamar Jackson. He was not good throwing the ball. He was definitely uncomfortable the whole day. I was very confused about the Ravens' offensive plan, though. They did not run the ball. Gus Edwards had no, one carry at halftime. He only had two after that. Lamar only ran it eight times. They, they, they were a team who I believe were, were first in run play percentage, and they yeah. threw the ball 37 times. I, I just I was yeah. confused the entire day by Todd Munkin, who's been phenomenal this year. I'm not. This is not like me saying, "Oh, he should be fired." Unbelievable, terrible game plan. He's he was phenomenal during the regular season, but I, I thought he missed pretty. Pretty substantially no, maybe, with his maybe game Maybe want Greg Roman back. Maybe want Greg Roman back. <laughs> Run the right. damn ball. You know, right? Yeah, hundred percent. No, I I agree with that. Uh, I agree with that as well. Yeah, and then Lions. Um, I see a lot of people going after Dan Campbell for his philosophy. Um, I think there were other things there. You know, the drop pass by Josh Reynolds and you know Jameer Gibbs fumbling on a first down. Those were those were a little uh, little worse. But Dan Campbell, uh, I'll, I'll 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 go to bat for him because he's been doing this all year and he did it again. Yeah, um, you know, I, 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 I go back and forth on that. He obviously didn't do it, like you would be saying. He's been doing it all year, but he didn't do it the first half. At the end of the first half, right. he, he kicked the field goal. I'm not going to be highly critical of Dan Campbell, uh, largely because, as you point out, catch the damn ball. Like, right. was the problem the choice or was the problem the execution? And you can say, well, fine, when you make that choice, you have to factor in the possibility of a dropped pass. Well, when you make the choice to kick a field goal, I guess you have to figure in the possibility of a missed field goal. I, I, to me, it's just, I was astonished for about that five-minute stretch of game time, it felt like. They did everything wrong. Yep. It was just incredible. Um, you know, the, 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 obviously the, the pass that should have been an interception that became a uh, you know, a memorable, a memorable pass. But then, like everything, they 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 should have had a punt that was down at the one. Instead, it was they walked into the end zone with it. As right. you point out, the fumble, um, the drop pass after drop pass, sacks where they have Purdy in his, you know, in their grind. Like for about seven minutes, they played like the Carolina Panthers, and. <laughs> And it just totally devastated. It was almost hard, like hard to believe what you were watching. It was this team that had looked so good. So I feel bad for the people of Detroit. Now, they will look back at this season as a great season with a horrible ending. And um, and that's not the worst thing ever. The problem is it's just like you don't know. You just never know when you're going to be back. You know, it's just like when the Tigers, when, when, when Mario Chalmers does what he does, you, you, this isn't Kentucky or Duke, or you just don't know when you're going to be back. And if you're the Lions, you're going to lose Ben Johnson, obviously. Um, you know when are going? It helps that they're in the NFC. I think it makes it a little bit easier. But Green Bay might be better next year. You know, 49ers doesn't feel like they're going anywhere. Um, Dallas might figure it out in the playoffs. So, so when are the Lions going to get this chance again? I don't know. Yep. Now, and and Dan Campbell talked about that after the game. He says, "I, you know, I believe we'll be back, but it's it's just hard to get back to this position." Now, you know how much I hate quarterback versus quarterback discussion because it is a team game, mm-hmm. um, but it does sell to do quarterback versus quarterback. I thought if there was any game 
that we could, uh, you know, a meaningful game, an NFC championship with uh, Jared Goff and Brock Purdy. I thought that we could talk about the full teams, but that's not how it played out. Brock Purdy's getting a lot of credit today. Do you think he deserves all that credit? I think he deserves a lot of credit. I I thought he was, I mean, particularly in the second half. I mean, you contrast him with, with the way Lamar looked. Obviously, he has great weapons. He's got great players to throw to, whatever else. But like honestly, like to me, when he chose to scramble and how effectively he scrambled was, you know, one of the absolute keys to the second half, I thought. You know, there was a third and five. Like there, there, you know, there were a bunch of times it felt like third downs where Rock Purdy took off. He just does make winning plays. He certainly did make winning plays. So should he get credit? Of course he should get credit. No, but I'm ta- I'm talking about in the grand scheme of things, there was a uh, the Brandon Ayuk catch that got them that set them up for a touchdown that off of clearly, a Lions face yeah, off the Lions face lucky. mask and caught by Brandon Ayuk. That um, was lucky. Yeah, but the, the touchdown pass wasn't lucky. That was big right. No, no, right? it was Moved around in the pocket. You know, like yes, he did get lucky. People can you can get lucky and still have a you know have a had a hell of a, a hell of a game. That was a that was the moment for the game in the game, obviously, and it was luck. Why, by the way, so they called the play, they flew the flag on that, threw the flag, and then they said there's no call. What were they going to call? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on that? I, no, I'm, I have no. And, and did the fact that it was a pit, like that it was ended up caught, whatever, did any of that influence picking up the flag? I, I didn't understand what was going on there with the flag. Um, but obviously, that was a stroke of luck. And if you're a Lions fan, you look back and just say, you know, what would have been? Yep. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's definitely frustrating for them. Now, um, that's what's also frustrating is Tiger basketball. Um, 97-88 on the road against UAB, third straight loss. They're 3-3 three and three since Caleb Mills has, uh, has been hurt. Um, I, think, I think that red panic button, you can push it, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you can. Um, I mean, at some level, if you want to spin, no panic, right? Uh, you'd say, well, the last two games are really, you know, those are games you could have imagined them losing, right? The last two, on the road, whatever. Actually, South Florida's won five in a row. But the last two, um, those are games you could have imagined them losing. All is not lost. Penny's been here before. All of that. You can say that. The problem is, and again, I hope that is, like, the, the last time they lost three in a row was two years ago. Mm. You know, after that SMU eruption, after where that they won, I think thirteen and three. Thirteen and three was that after down something like that down the stretch, and um, and so maybe that's possible. The problem is, is that right now, and I, it has been a lot of analysis on the station all day. I think it comes down to, I don't think these guys particularly like playing with each other. Yep. Right. And how do you fix that? Right. If that's if that is what ails them. Again, maybe you don't think that's what ails them, but um, or, or 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 maybe another version of that is we don't have enough dogs, which is Malcolm's version. Well, if you don't have dogs, meaning players who play with competitive fire, who care about rebounding and defense and the things that win games, or if you're fundamentally have chemistry issues because of selfishness within the locker room. How do those things get fixed? And if they don't get fixed, then then they're going to miss the tournament, right? <laughs> right? What's your diagnosis? I mean, my it's it's about team team chemistry, and I also think leadership. And I I think 
Penny needs to take it upon himself too. I, with the the common denominator with every year when there seems to be team chemistry issues, it's Penny Hardaway. Has he pushed the right buttons in the past? Sure, but uh, uh, I, I I think it really came to light for me watching him in that 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 pain. I mean, right. it was painful to watch that sideline uh, interview. I mean, when they were when they were struggling really badly, and he was every time. Uh, the 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 game crew asked a question. He just called out another order for his team to take. He was not into answering any of those questions. But you saw some of those threes get knocked down by UAB, and he start to he starts to uh, sort of have these emotional lows and hang his head a little no, he bit. No, he looks just like, like that's that's so Quinterly, Quinterly gets hung up on that pick right, and they drain a three. And Penny just looks pain. He's got to take it upon himself, though, too, because I, I think that you, you have an no, emotion. Right now, him. you have an emotional follow the leader, and they don't have a, a player leader with Caleb Mills out, so they're following Penny. And when he has those emotional lows, it's hard for the team to, you know, get out of their funk. I agree. Isn't it also hard? And may, maybe this is unfair. Maybe this is unfair. David Jones is obviously their most productive and prolific player, but. Do you think the rest of the team signed up for a guy who would take all the shots, you know, no. and, and then turn the ball over nine times? No, you know, I don't think they did. <laughs> and so you, so, so I just, that's to me a big core, like, and I contrasted with last year. And again, hopefully this conversation will look ridiculous in three weeks. We'll have figured it out and they're killing it. And David Jones is leading the way, Right. But right now you contrast their best player last year in Kendrick, who, although he, you know, took all the big shots, he was all about Memphis, 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 yep. you know, talking about Penny, talking about how much he wants to get to the tournament, dealing assists. He didn't, he didn't care if he was the one who hit the shot, even though he did usually hit the shot. Like you contrast that with what you're getting from the, I think it's tough when you're, when your best player I think it's a lot easier. I'll just put it this way. I think it's a lot easier when your best players are Kendrick and DeAndre than so far anyway with this version. David Jones and Javon Quinterly. Well, David Jones and Javon Quinterly yesterday, 13 turnovers and a combined minus 26. (laughs) That's not going to win you ball games. Those are your best players. It's not going to happen. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's look a, at what look at what your if you like your your two best players were last year, and then look at what their your two best players are doing this year. Again, the season isn't over, and I'm not like going to just say that it, you know, it's going to be like this forever. We may look up, and I mean, I remember it wasn't like three weeks ago people were saying David Jones is one of my best favorite players ever. Right? You know what I mean? Like, um, watch him go on three. Just Arkansas. put him as the fifth as the as, as a top five candidate for player of the year. Still, yeah, this is a little. There's a little time lag on that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it feels, like I get you. feels like that's a little, you know, a little time lag on that one. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a problem, and it, it, and it doesn't. You wonder how it gets fixed, right? Yeah. You wonder how it gets fixed because how does caring, you know, yeah. how does busting your ass, how does if it wasn't, I guess that's the other thing. If it wasn't fixed for Sunday. After a week off, after a week of camp, right. Penny, wh- what exactly? Now, I'll tell you what's going to fix it now. What's going to fix it is a schedule, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to play Rice at home. So that will fix it, at least temporarily. 
and and then what is it? You got Wichita State in there and and Temple. So you should win those three games and maybe get a little momentum, get feeling a little bit better about yourself, get feeling a little bit about better about your teammates, and we start to see the team that we saw earlier in the year. I guess if you want me to pause it, put how could they work themselves out of out of it? I think that's partly how. Now I want to I want to bounce this off you and see if if you saw it the same way, um, especially in that second half. But in the first half, after a week of preparation. Um, yeah, a different practice philosophy, uh, very defensive oriented from what we understand from what Penny is telling us in practice. You, you forced 21 turnovers, you still gave up 97. And the first half was not great, but I did think I saw, at least early in that game, I felt like I saw a lot of guys trying to pull in the right direction. It just didn't work out, right? I saw a lot of guys being quick to close out. Um, they're, they're trying to get their rotations correct. But in that second half... When they continued to try to do that and it continued to not work, it felt like everybody just let go of the rope and stopped trusting what they were taught this entire week. Did you sort of see it the same way? It felt like all those guys just completely stopped caring about what they were taught in practice because it did not go well. And that is that is a terrifying reality. And I don't know what fixes that. I really don't. Yeah, I got the sense, like you did, that they came out you know, with a little bit more commitment um, to doing things well. I actually thought it started to fall apart sort of in the second part of the first half. Right, a little I bit. agree. Like you look at that, you, and in the second part of the first half, it was, uh, you know, a bunch of turnovers, a bunch of three-pointers, giving up a bunch of offensive. Like, we started to see it. And so then they're down by one point at the half. And they should like they shouldn't have been, you know. Like um, it, 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 if you look at how they shot, they shouldn't have been. If you look at the, the the turnovers and stuff, it made all the sense in the world and offensive rebounds. And then you're exactly right. Then the second half unfolds and it starts to get away from them. And Malco had a had a good quote about this in Parth's story in the Daily Memphian. He said something like, "You know, we come out and we try to do the right things, but then and I'm totally paraphrasing here. Then things get hard, and he said we lose faith." Yes, you know? that's a, that's and, exactly what I saw. I mean, in the second half, they, after they the made basket, hundred uh, percent. After that made basket, when they just you know completely lost their train of thought and and uh, allowed a easy layup on the other end, like that's where I started to see it. It just started right. trickling no, in. It's they, like I can't I can't trust what we're doing. We're still giving up ninety seven points. That's exactly right. They they and and what and when you say what are they losing faith in? They're losing faith in their teammates, they're losing faith in their head coach, they're losing faith in each other, they're losing faith in their the ability that this is going to work. And um, and that's dangerous. It, though, it, it is why, again, I, I, I'm not predicting this, but it's why if you're looking for what is the positive path forward, it is win, win two games now. Just win three games in a row, right? Win three games right. in a row. And then when you are tested again, you know, for a little while when this team was tested, you just figured they like they always figured out a way to win, yep. right? And that does perpetuate the sense that they always will find a way to win. And so, um, you know, I, again, I'm not predicting this, but if you start, you know, I think the way you build faith, start to rebuild faith, is some success. And so if they can string some success together, don't think this has to be the end. I just think the problem is, 
there is a bedrock lack of trust between these players. And some of it's because they're all transfers and some of it's because of how they're wired, I think individually. Um, and so at moments of high tension, they don't believe in each other. Yeah. You know, well, I and mean, I think I, that's I, where it comes out. The, yeah. I, there's a, there's something I thought about. Jordan Brown and Naquan Tomlin probably met each other last week, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> like met each other, and they were playing meaningful minutes in that basketball game yesterday alongside each other. I, on, of course, there's a lack of trust. Hell? Like we, I, right. in the end of the day, I sit here and I and I know that there's a lack of trust. But part of me says, of course. There's the lack of trust. These guys have not been around each other enough. They don't actually know each other like they should. I I agree with that. But I even think it's not just that. I, I think it's not just the brand newcomers. I think it's the, it's the you know, even though guys right. have been here all year, I, 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 I would even theorize that it's not just that they don't know each other that, that isn't working out. And in some, for some, for some of them, it might be what they do know about each other that is causing the lack of trust. This is almost more worrisome, right? <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. And if you were looking for uh, reasons to be positive, or at least try to try to look at on the on the bright side after the game, not not a lot of reasons to look on the bright side. You weren't going to get them from Penny. Penny, his quotes were tough again. Uh, it was about team chemistry, and I don't know a, a way forward. I haven't been able to say anything or push the right buttons to get this team to work in the right direction. And then the players completely skipping out on post-game interviews besides Malcolm yeah, Dandridge hey. and a phone call. Yeah, what happened there was, is that, again, I wasn't there. Parth was there, and uh, Casey was there. But um, they asked for players to talk. And this isn't the biggest thing in the world. But I, I do think like these things are somewhat reflective of a culture or a willingness to, you know, step up and be, you know, like in hard times. And so um, they, you, you typically talk to two or three players after the game. That's just the way it works. And so the sports information folks uh, tried to get two or three players to talk, some players to talk, and no one would. Right. And then, and I don't know whether it was because they just kept asking or whether it was response to criticism because some folks, including me on Twitter, uh, criticize, you know, whatever they then, and may, may just when they kept working at it, they got Malco to do a phone call and Malco was good evidently and thoughtful right. in the phone call that he did with the two beat writers. Um, so, um, but I do think that's, again, that's just, it, it, it's no big deal taken, you know, considered by itself, but as a pattern for this team, as a pattern, given that it, it, what we've seen on the court, it, it sadly it sort of fits what we've seen on the court recently of a, bu- a bunch of players who who are, you know who aren't willing to to be stand up in that when when they are counted on. Yep, not talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on X. Now my question becomes: What's the next button to push? I don't know what it is. You've had you've had players skip out on the pressers. Uh, you've had Penny talk about team chemistry issues. Um, you, you've 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 tried a lot of different things. You had Penny uh, try a different practice philosophy this year that was defensive oriented, trying to build it up. They still gave up ninety seven points. What's the next step? At the players only meeting? Is that? I mean, like, what is no, what is the I next really, step I for think... this team to try to get on the right uh, on the on the up and up on the right page? I think the next step is to beat the hell out of Rice. Like that's really the next step. And and for Penny to, you know, not not waste any time with 
weird lineups in the first half, like just to put the hammer down from the beginning, play the guys who are going to determine wins and losses, right? Yes, if there's someone who doesn't box out or who doesn't, you know, is, you know, who displays an egregious lack of competitive spirit in a given play, sure, pull that player. Like, like, don't pull up, don't put up with that nonsense. But beyond that, treat this Rice game like it is the most important game on the schedule. Like, like, yep. like it is the, the Clemson game, or like it's the Virginia game, and beat the hell out of them. And in doing that, create something positive, and 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 create some habits and some. Oh, this is the way we can do it. This is how we. And, um, you know, and whether it's then reintegrating Jordan Brown some ways, who knows, like whether that would be part of it. But that, that would be my, my, my thought here. There's nothing, I, I think the only, I think the way forward here is, is to have some success at this point. Have some success relying heavily. I mean, what did, what did UAB do? They played eight players, basically, right? Yep. So rely heavily on the players who you were going to have to rely on. And, um, and put the hammer down against Rice and try to create some some good feeling for this team. Because I think it feels like it's toxic in there anyway, but then you put in losses on top of it, um, and, I, and I think it gets that much worse. And I also think it's nuts. Uh, Joe Lenardi has put out his latest bracketology. Memphis, last four buys, on the bubble again. Here we are. Same thing. Same thing as the last two years. <laughs> got to you. Got to build up a resume that's going to be hard to build up in conference. I, I never thought we'd be here at this point with this team, but here we no, are. No, no, no. Right now, you're to the point where if you if you just knew you could take, if I offered you an eight seed right now, you'd take it because without question, at a scenario. You're looking at a scenario now where, um, you know they they could miss the tournament entirely, and then you look beyond that. I mean, they, you, you you wonder. Honestly, like if you're one of these boosters who's been chipping in money for the NIL, right? And you see that what you're buying is this. Like that's the one thing about yesterday. Right. It was it, in the second half. Memphis fans turned off the TV in total disgust. Like people, they're not saying they hate the players or they hate Penny Hardaway or they don't because they don't. Like they want, they like the Tigers. They want the Tigers to win. They're behind their Tigers. But in that moment. They hated this team because they don't work hard. Like all, what you mostly want is evidence that they care as much as you do sitting on your couch. And yesterday there was none of that. And so if you just going forward for the future, I think how they finish the season makes a huge difference. Cause if you, you know, what's Penny going to do? So I, I need to go buy another David Jones and, and, and Javon Quinterly on the open market. Like, that's going to be, you know, with the NIL money, I think it makes it much harder sell to get NIL money. I think yep. there's a lot resting on how they finish the, 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 you know, through the second half of this year, um, including obviously the NCAA tournament bit. For sure. Now, last thing for you, Grizzlies one and one over the weekend. Any thoughts on the Grizzlies? The thoughts are they play their asses off. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, they really do. And, um, they're the anti-tigers uh, and, in this particular moment. They really yeah, in are. In this particular, in this particular moment, they're like, I can't believe you guys are busting. You're, you're supposed to lose. I mean, you know. Um, now, yesterday, obviously, the Jaron Fowles stuff. You know, sure. Here's the the beautiful thing, though. A road game against Indiana, when they play well and they ultimately lose, and I'm still aware of the fact that this team is going to have a lottery pick. 
I didn't take that loss particularly hard. (laughs) You just want a chance. I mean, you're talking about a top six team right now in the Eastern Conference. Right. And the Indiana Pacers, if you're in a game at the end of that game with with what they are running out there every night, you feel fine. No, you feel good. And and like I, I thought it was great that that Orlando missed the shot that would have you know won the game because it gives the home fans who've had precious little to cheer about it gives them something to cheer about. So, but yeah, right now the way they are playing, and I thought Chris Hankton made a really interesting point. A lot of the way they're playing now is you know it's Jaron and then four guys who could be coming off the bench next year, and so in a way. In a way, it can actually be partly a tryout for what it's going to look like. What happens next? In, in, in presuming good health next year, there will be moments when what does Taylor Jenkins do? He usually keeps a starter out there, right? He keeps he, whatever you rest John Dez or whatever you keep Jaron out there. That's what this could look like, and it actually is entertaining to think about. Oh, you need four minutes. You know, uh, you need four minutes. You got to get through next year. Well, we've done this. We did this, and you know what? We beat Orlando doing this. Like, we can do this. I thought it was re- – and obviously, Jaron's playmaking is coming along. Yep. There are certainly – in this wrecked season, there are certainly reasons to um, to feel – I feel really good about next year's Grizzlies right now. Better than I ever imagined I would feel given their current record. Yep. And then now tonight, they're playing the, the Kings – at home, they are 10-point dogs, no Luke Kennard, yeah. Zaire, and John Conch are doubtful, and Vince Williams Jr. questionable. Just schedule the loss. Who cares? Tonight is yeah. truly a who-gives-a-damn game. I don't care. I really don't. I'll watch probably, but I won't. I won't. I am not going to be hanging on the result at all. No. There's no result anymore that I will hang on. But, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. You don't take Vince Williams away from us. Like, he's the most fun we can have, you know. So, uh, come on. There, there has to be a limit here. Yeah, I get you. Well, Jeff, I appreciate it, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks, yes, sir. Yep. He's Jeff Calkins, columnist of the Daily Memphian, also host of the Jeff Calkins Show right here, 9 to 11, 92, 9 FM ES. Now, Oxbow, family-owned and operated retail store that's been making waves in Memphis for over a decade. Make sure you get over there, 964 June Road, conveniently located off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station. Two-story storefront. Go in, pet A-list celebrity Earl the dog, and then get met by a kind, courteous staff that will show you in the direction of whatever you need. And what can you get when you are at 964 June Road at Oxbow? Um, You can get clothing. They have the best clothing over there for your favorite teams, Grizzlies. Um, they have Tigers uh, for, for you uh, fans of different colleges uh, here in the south, in the southeast of the uh, United States. We have Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, you name it, they have it. They have it in the best brands. Genteel, Free Fly, Fair Harbor, Duckhead, Mizzen, and Maine. Uh, you can get your hunting and outdoor essentials there. That's on the top floor, on the second floor. Um, they have vintage vinyl. They have uh, sports memorabilia. They have all your game day essentials, cups, koozies, tumblers, coolers, whatever you need. They have it at 964 June Road, off Poplar on June Road, behind the Amico Station. You can go online as well. ShopOxpo.com is where you find them online. And when you go to check out at ShopOxpo.com, use my promo code, enter it in. That would be The Gabe Show. All caps, no spaces, The Gabe Show. And you'll get 20% off your online order at shopoxbo.com. But whether you're going online or in-store at 964 June Road, remember to shop local, shop Oxbow. Now it's time to take a trip around the National Football League when we return right here on The Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to The Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM, ESPN. 
Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. It's time to take a trip around the National Football League, brought to you by Longshot. The Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs get through to their... <laughs> I mean, we're talking about four Super Bowl appearances for, for the Chiefs in the last six years. But they get through, um, and then they make it to the Super Bowl against the 49ers. Now, we've given a lot of credit where credit's due to Patrick Mahomes. We've given a lot of credit to, I think who I think is the MVP of last night, the defense for the Chiefs, and ultimately Steve Spagnuolo, who is their defensive coordinator and defensive play caller. Somebody I haven't given a full, a whole bunch of credit to is Travis Kelsey. But Travis Kelsey, yesterday, of course, 11 catches, 116 yards, and a TD. Have you seen his stats in his last 12 playoff games? They're absolutely nuts. I think that, you know, looking at this year, he's definitely, you know, taken a, it's been a downswing year. It's been a, a tough year for him. The production's a little bit down. There's been thoughts about him retiring But his last 12 playoff games, 104 catches, 1,178 yards, 13 touchdowns. In 12 playoff games, when it matters the most, he shows up and he delivers. So, Travis Kelsey, I got to tip the cap to you because I didn't mention it uh, earlier when we were discussing Championship Sunday. Also, for the Chiefs, as far as the Super Bowl is concerned, uh, we already have one injury designation. This guy will not play. Charles Ominiu, their uh, their DN, who has a forced fumble and a sack in the playoffs. He had seven sacks during the regular season. A big, bruising defensive end, 6'5", 280 pounds. He tore his ACL in the game yesterday um, against the Ravens, so he will not be able to participate in the Super Bowl. And that's going to be a, a loss that you definitely have to pay attention to. He's been their starter all year. He can play the run really well. He can get after the passer. That's going to be a tremendous loss for them. The Detroit Lions. Now, for the Lions, um, we had Dan Campbell basically say, that it's hard to get back to this moment, and he's not guaranteeing it to his team. And he mentioned that to his team. And, uh, you know, real realistic uh, thought process, the, the thought process on that hit today, as uh, it looks like Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson is going to have a uh, another interview for the Seahawks today. Um, it looks like he's likely going to be landing with the commanders because their new GM likes him and what he brings. But that goes to Dan Campbell's point. If Ben Johnson, likely who will get hired, if he is not going to be coaching your offense next year, who do you bring in? Can you repeat those same things? Can you make some things happen with this offense, who I think is tremendously talented, but you have to call the right plays. You have to have the right mix of plays, and you have to have a good synergy with that offensive mind, that play caller. And if Ben Johnson is gone, that's a struggle. Now, uh, I want to go through these stats really quick because um, we talked about you know Dan Campbell and his mindset uh, and his fourth down, going for it on fourth down. The expected points lost for Detroit, a lot of them weren't on the fourth down calls. Gibbs fumble, they lost a 5.5 expected points. Ayuk receptions off uh, Kendall Vildor's uh, face mask was minus 3.3 points. They didn't have a fourth down drop from Josh Reynolds. I am the third and 10 drop. With the fourth down drop, they lost 3.2 points. And then the incomplete to St. Brown on fourth and three was minus 2.6. So there was other reasons outside of Dan Campbell's decision-making that led to that end result. The Minnesota Vikings. Now, this is coming from Minnesota Vikings uh, beat reporter Charlie Walters. Uh, He writes for TwinCities.com, the expected rate for Kirk Cousins going into next year, he'll be an unrestricted free agent, two years, $90 million guaranteed. Will you pay that? Would you pay that? I don't know. I don't know if I'm the Vikings if I would pay that. <laughs> I know, but other teams are going to have other to pay teams, that as well. Maybe. A d- another team, maybe. I'm not sure it's That's worth a high it for price the for a guy who's well into his 30s. He's, what, 35 years old? 34, yeah. 35? Two years, $90 million guaranteed? <laughs> 
He'll be getting paid this offseason. I don't know if it'll be the Vikings, though. But last year at the Super Bowl, Rob Gronkowski went wide left on FanDuel's Kick of Destiny. Now he's back for Kick of Destiny, too. And this time you can play along. All you have to do is choose if Gronk will make or miss. Get your free pick in right now because if you're right, you'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. Everyone can get in on the action when Gronk takes his shot at redemption before Super Bowl 58. Whether your team make or team miss, just head to FanDuel Sportsbook app to get your pick in. It's absolutely free. Then tune in before the game to see Gronk's kick live. You'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets if you're right. New to FanDuel, just visit FanDuel.com slash Gabe K, G-A-B-E-K. That is my promo code. Again, G-A-B-E-K to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports book, a sports betting partner of the NFL and 92.9 ESPN. You must be 21 plus and present in Tennessee. No purchase necessary. $10 million prize pool to be split equally among all eligible participants who made the correct pick. Prize issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Now, we only have a few minutes before we bring on Trevor Lane to talk some NBA. So uh, let's go ahead and hop in to small talk. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. And Small Talk is brought to you by Conway Services, reputable service available seven days a week. Now, the Grizzlies take on the Sacramento Kings tonight, and we have some uh, some updates on who's going to be in and who's going to be out. No Luke Kennard, no, uh, no uh, Zaire Williams. No John Conchar. Now no Vince Williams Jr. So that has left the Grizzlies with seven healthy bodies. The NBA requires eight active players for a game. So Memphis used a hardship, the hardship exception at game from having more than four players out with long-term injuries. And they signed Matthew Hurt to a 10-day contract. Matthew Hurt or Matt Hurt. I, 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 was, I was going through. Apparently he, he likes Matt. Matt, not Matthew. But Matt Hurt will be uh, likely getting some minutes for the Grizzlies tonight. Good for him. What, 25 points per game. Leading scorer in the G League. That's pretty good. He's been knocking down the three ball at a, at a, at a high level. He's, what, two years in? Two years in now? Feels like it's been like five, but it's, I think it's two or three. Two or three, yeah. Yeah, so Matt Hurt, shout out. Hopefully he gets some minutes tonight. He's absolutely going to get some minutes tonight. Why I, not? <laughs> but him as an NBA, like, if, if he'll ever fit into a – uh, NBA roster, I I have serious doubts. The athleticism is the biggest issue. We'll find out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the athleticism and the a defense. Good team. I mean, I remember in college he can knock down a three point ball. And he's got too. some stretchability. I really hey, like it. And he's, he's tall. A, we if we have learned anything this year, there have been diamonds in the rough in the G League. So I am open to any option. So far, Vince Williams Jr. <laughs> is an absolute hit. Gigi's an absolute hit. Scottie Pippen looks pretty good. Gilliard's been solid. So let's see what Matthew Hurt's got. You're open to options because you have to be open. To <laughs> exactly. Good God, seven healthy bodies, and how many are out? Let me. Let me. Let, can we count? Eleven. Really quick? Eleven. Eleven players are out. So they have eight active players tonight. One on a ten day, and a, a multiple others on two ways, and then eleven hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, only play Jaron like ten minutes. Don't don't run Jaron too much. Honestly, I. Let's, I, I, Gigi I'm curious how they use him. I'm, I'm really curious how they use Jaron tonight. If it, if it goes out of control quickly in the first half, Sooner. I don't even play no, him in the second. No, half. no, no, definitely not. This is Jacob Gilliard getting 40 minutes tonight. This is you know Gigi. Let Gigi get up 30 shots. Let Gigi. I, w- I want him to go score 30 points. That's what I want to see. You think Gigi can get that? Gigi will get at least what 15, 16 shots tonight. There's no other no. Nobody else on that roster I outside of Jaron who I would give yeah. the I would give be surprised if he weren't the leading shot taker tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. 
I got you. But um, we need to go ahead and transition. We have 30 minutes left in the show. We're going to pass you off to Grizzlies versus the Kings on the Grizzlies radio network. Jessica Benson will take over at 6.30, and the the tip will be at 7. But uh, before that, Let's talk some uh, NBA as a whole. Let's talk Grizzlies. Let's talk Lakers. Let's talk the, the coaching switch in Milwaukee. We'll do that next with Trevor Lane.